time to pour. It's all frosty. Look. Oh, look at that. You see how that's frosty nice, uh, it is. That's a nice, that's a nice set. It's like a mini one. Well, it's, 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 I was just going to say it's like a, yeah. Yeah, I have a bigger one, but I like to use a small one for the show. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> hey, everybody, I'm Kai Rizdal. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make the day make sense. Yes, and sense I am Kimberly one. Adams. I was talking about uh, cocktail shakers, by the way. And uh, thanks to everybody who's joining us on the podcast and <laughs> watching us on the podcast, YouTube right? live stream for our happy hour <laughs> Friday economics on tap, as we call it around here. Oh and yes. Uh, uh, so what are you drinking, Kai? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just having a beer, straight up stone, uh, hazy IPA, just because uh, you know I don't, I don't, I don't do cocktails really. Although you know maybe you so, like old fashions every so often, yeah. Or well, I'm a, I'm a bourbon guy, right? I mean, I like bourbon, so you know, good Sazerac. Just sometimes Makers on the Rocks is what it is, but it's mm-hmm. it's mostly beer, mostly beer. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know. Because you, you like the taste of beer. That's reason enough. Yeah, yeah. So I have a cocktail sourced very thankfully from our audience. After uh, I was discussing oh, wow. pawpaws on the shows on the show at one point, lots and lots yes. of people messaged me saying you have to get there's pawpaw liquor. And I went to some of the links that people sent me and it was all sold out. And so I put myself on a little waiting list so I'd be notified when it was back in stock. And so I was finally able to get pawpaw liquor. And I got a bottle for myself hmm. and a bottle for my uncle. And then I looked online to find recipes of what to do with pawpaw liquor. And oh basically, you make, uh, I've made effectively a pawpaw margarita. It's got tequila nice. and lime. And I don't like salt in my um, margaritas or on them. And so I added instead bitters, you know. So that's what I'm drinking. Yeah, yeah. You're, well, you're a big bitters woman. Right? I am. You do a lot of bitters. Although, yeah. I feel like this could have done with less lime, but I'm just going to add huh. more pawpaw liquor yeah. to it. Anyway, what's everybody drinking in the chats? There's a, somebody, looks like they have a pickle flavored beer. I don't, I don't know what that is know. or why you would do that. It's called Pickle Down Economics. <laughs> no way. Oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> From the Bosque that's Brewing Company. I'm looking at the photo. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Evan Blazevich is having Kahlua and eggnog. It's a little warm in Southern California for eggnog yet, but um, when it cools down, I will definitely have some bourbon and eggnog. That's my go-to holiday drink. Is it? So I've never been much of an yeah. eggnog person. Oh, yeah. Well, the rest of my family hates it, and I can understand that because it's a texture thing, right? But if that does it for you, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Now, do you know how to right. make it, anyway. though? Yeah, you go to the store, you buy some eggnog, you get some bourbon, and you pour them <laughs> yeah. in a glass, and then you stir it well and you drink it. Exactly. I do not know how to make exactly. eggnog. No. I do not know how to make eggnog. I would I would also not trust myself with eggnog because I'm sure it can go bad in a hurry, right? Oh, yeah, because you have to use know. raw egg, egg, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, But you probably have to, like, temper them or something to kill all the salmonella and, you know, all that jazz. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't even like eggs anyway. in general, so... Egg-flavored things don't do it for me. Okie dokie, let's do some news news. fixes. Um, Right. Um, So mine is, I know, I see we have a lot from the New York Times today, but there's a really great video on the opinion, in the opinion section of the New York Times website right now, 
called uh, Empty Classrooms Abandoned Kids Inside America's Great Teacher Resignation. And it's Mm. very powerful. And it starts off like this, and, and there's also a little bit of text attached. A survey from the National Education Association members at the beginning of the year revealed an unsettling truth. More than half of the respondents said they were looking for a way out. That's an astounding number of unhappy teachers. If they mm-hmm. all quit, it would leave millions of students in the lurch. One of the things that was in this video that I had not seen was all of these TikTok videos that kids are posting where they show up to class and there just are no teachers. Like they're showing yeah. up to empty classrooms. And you there's all these interviews with teachers who are crying because they're just so burned out. And then on top yeah. of that, you have parents yelling at them. And we're just talking about how school boards have become so much more political and schools are so political. And it's it's a really powerful video about how we ended up here because it's basically a policy failure nationwide mm-hmm. in addition to at the local mm-hmm. level oh, really? and just what it's doing to teachers yeah someone uh mentioned in the chat uh, named tiny hands we need to stop relying on teachers love of teachers of teaching and yeah of it's teaching, like yeah, yeah it's yeah. not enough Look at, so this is Edward Martinelli in the YouTube uh, chat. One third of student affairs professionals at colleges want to resign. He sources that to inside higher ed. Wow. And Brett Sharp says, my wife is a third grade teacher and cries almost daily these days. I'm so sorry. Man. Man. So pay teachers more, Mm. (laughs) A. And pay teachers more. That's, you know. Okay, what do you have? Okay, so I've got two. They're they're, uh, slightly newsier than the larger contextual item that you gave. Uh, First of all, uh, Elizabeth Holmes, she of Theranos and um, that great dramatization on Hulu starring, uh, God, what's her name? Amanda, God, come on, help me out. Seyfried? Seyfried, yes. Thank you. Called, I forget what it was, maybe called The Dropout. Anyway, Elizabeth Holmes Mm -hmm. was sentenced to 11 and a quarter years uh, in prison. For uh, defrauding your patients, uh, it was it was sorry, sorry. I just wanted defrauding to defrauding investors. Defrauding yeah. patients. So, yeah, it was defrauding investors. Right, there was no patient charge. Mm-hmm. Um, defrauding investors. Um, that's a big deal in Silicon Valley, and it's a big deal for two reasons. One, of course, is the mantra that you know the, in Silicon Valley, the mantra has been "fake it till you make it," and Ms. Holmes tried, but she also committed fraud, and that's bad. Also, I think it it absolutely bears a mention here that the only not the only. She is one of the very few people in Silicon Valley to have been charged for the fake it till you make it thing. And it has to be pointed out that she's a woman. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I, it's relevant, right? It's just it's relevant and it's fact and it's there and we have to acknowledge that. But also she did bad things. So, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, if yeah. they can catch this FTX guy, I can't imagine he's going to escape right? jail time. <laughs> Yeah. If they can did, did catch you, him. So there, there was something going around on social. It was actually on Twitter for as much longer as it lasts, where it was Sam Bankman-Fried, who's the FTX guy, scraggly hair, unshaven, T-shirt, completely unkempt. And somebody screenshotted that and sent it out and said, can you imagine if a woman had showed up like this mm. asking for venture capital money? She wouldn't have gotten mm-hmm. a dime. I mean, women get 2% of venture capital money as it is now. She would have gotten like negative percent you know she wouldn't have even gotten a meeting 
She wouldn't have gotten in the door. She wouldn't have gotten in the door. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. so that's that's news item number one. That's a big it's a big deal actually. That Elizabeth Holmes is going to jail for for more than a decade. Very big deal. April twenty mm-hmm. seventh surrender date. She is now currently pregnant actually with her second child, which is I suspect the reason behind the delayed um, um, surrender uh, to late April. The other thing broke this morning. It's the news from the World Cup in Qatar that. Uh, lo and behold, despite all the promises that the Qatari government has made to its uh, sponsor and underwriter Budweiser that fans will be allowed to have beer in the stadium, the Qatar government has changed its mind and said, no, 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 no beer, only in special spots outside the stadium and also for people who pay VIP um, ticket prices. Like Relevant for two reasons. Tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, t- yeah, hu- huge. Yeah, 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 yeah huge. Uh, outside what anybody's going to pay. Um, anyway, two uh, key things to know. Number one, this is the absolute result of corruption meeting corruption. FIFA is corrupt mm-hmm. and the Qatari government is corrupt. And the mm-hmm. entire process by which Qatar got the World Cup was corrupt. It was, The whole thing was mm-hmm. corrupt. And it's, and it's shameful and... And I think people are going to be watching now with a little bit of conscience nagging in the back of their minds. I'm going to watch, but I'm going to be aware. And, and you know, I, yeah, that's, that's, I'm really that's torn. It. It's like so many yeah. people died yeah. getting that stuff together and just the way they abuse yep. those workers and human yep. rights in general over there. Yep. It's um, yep. it's it's, it's going to be it is hard a moral to- quandary. Yeah, it's a moral quandary, you bet. Um, but you I bet. guess so is American football, so there's that. So, uh, right. Well, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's a great comparison. That's, that's a great comparison. Yeah. So here's the other point I want to make about that, uh, about not American football, but about, about this news today. Um, mm. The Qatari government had promised FIFA and Budweiser, its sponsor, that they would be able to sell beer in the stadium. And then the Qatari government, on, uh, literally on the turn of a dime, changed its mind. The Qatari government, while not overtly, but has been sending out signals that just, for instance, LGBTQ soccer fans would be safe in Qatar, even though it's illegal there to be homosexual, um, and expressions of that can get you in jail or worse. And now you have to wonder what's going to happen to that population of soccer fans who go to Qatar for the World Cup. I would be thinking twice. Yeah, I... I would be concerned as well. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I got nothing. I got nothing there. No. But no. Um, right. well, in that case. Yes, in that case, let's, let's uh, play play a game, yeah. shall we? Yeah. Let's <laughs> turn turn a corner. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is our beloved game, half full, half empty, hosted by the one, the only Drew Jostad, where we reveal how we're feeling about the stories that have come up in the news this week. Those that we're feeling mostly positive-ish about are half full and the opposite being half empty. Sometimes we're just meh, but whatevs. Anyway, for those of you on the YouTube live stream, please play (laughs) along and look out for... (laughs) I'm glad I entertained you. Look out for our interactive poll on the last question. Uh, Drew, take it away. Are you half full or half empty on this week's Taylor Swift Ticketmaster fiasco? I am half full on this. Because I think this means that regulators are finally going to go after Ticketmaster. Yeah. I think that's yeah. exactly right. 
I think that's exactly right. This means that Live Nation, which is the company that owns Ticketmaster, which now has effectively a monopoly, is going to be in the antitrust crosshairs, which is a good thing for fans. I think it's probably a good thing for artists. Taylor herself is pissed. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it, it's 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 absolutely crappy what happened to all those people who had to wait hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and then not get tickets. But net-net, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sorry for all the Swifties who mm-hmm. have been suffering, but it's suffering for the greater good, it seems. One right. would hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> take one for the team. Yes, take one for the, the team right. of all concert goers in the country. Yep. What's next, Drew? Half full or half empty on the layoffs sweeping the tech industry. You had a real interesting conversation about that in the weekly wrap today. Uh, I know we don't do show crossover things, but you want to recap? Well, yeah. Well, so it was Kate Davidson from Politico who basically said, yes, you know, look, these are a big deal in the tech industry. But let's remember that the American labor market is 165 million people. And while the numbers in these layoffs are very big, it is not going to substantively substantively change the dynamic of the labor market, which is really, really strong. I think what you're seeing is tech as a precursor because tech is the one that rose the fastest, the farthest during the pandemic. Right. Amazon and Mm -hmm. Google and all of those companies just shot up. And now they are reverting to the mean, um, and it's not going to be dispositive in terms of what happens. Hi, Willie Billy. There's Willow. Sorry. I don't know if you can hear the chain. Um, she wants me to throw a tennis ball, which I will not do. Um, I don't know that what's happening in tech is going to Why really affect the labor market, the but ball, it's getting Kai? a lot of headlines. Well, so for two reasons. Number one, she is insatiable. Once you get going, uh, she, she just will not stop. And I don't have the energy or the focus right now. Cause I'm, Oh, by the way, doing something else. But number two, <laughs> she has this really, really bad habit of not giving you the ball back. Oh, right. So you throw it, okay. she chases it, she gets it, she brings it back and then she doesn't drop it. And you can say, drop it. Well, drop it. Let's drop the ball. And she's like, yeah, screw you. So, you know, <laughs> and I thought golden retrievers were yeah. so amenable to everything. She's a lovely dog. She's just, she's just. She won't give you the ball back. Her balls are her balls, <laughs> and that's that. Yeah. Anyway. So I, on the tech layoffs, I'm I'm half empty because I feel feel badly for the people, obviously, but mm-hmm. I do think that these are people who are going to be easily employable in so oh God, many yeah. other oh, industries. Yeah. You may not make yeah. like Silicon Valley money. But none of these people are going to struggle very hard, I think, for a job. Uh, so I, I guess I'm half full for all of these companies that have been scrambling to recruit, you know, the back end developers and, you know, full stack engineers and all these people who are needed to run basically every company in the modern economy. And now there's a lot of folks on the market. And yep. with remote work, you know, being uh, so much more common now. People, yeah. oops, hit the mic. People might not have to move. By the way, uh, somebody in the Discord chat asked if Jasper fetches things. And the answer is <laughs> sort of. He does like it when I throw a toy and he might bat it back in my general direction, but won't actually bring yeah. it back. However, oh, it looks like they've lost me on the stream. Really? Oh, yeah, but, you froze. So did I. So oh, no, oh, we're frozen. We're still here. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> oh, my. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I couldn't just not do it. 
Anyway, but I will say while we're frozen that, oh, this is very appropriate. I will say while we are frozen that Yuki, whose name means snow in Japanese, the kitten that I was kitten sitting for a while, he 100% fetches and his uh, cat parent has taught him multiple tricks and he absolutely fetches and runs and does all of the things. Oh, that's funny. For a cat, that's kind of wild. that's kind of wild. Well, that's actually a thing with savannas. I think they're known for being very dog-like. But I got Jasper as an adult when he was 10. Uh, and so it was too oh, late yeah. to teach him tricks. Yeah. And now he just likes to lie Wait, down. <laughs> what's a savanna? Is that a kind of cat? It's a breed of cat. Yeah, that's what Jasper is. He's a savanna and so uh, is Yuki. All right, I'm Googling. Mm-hmm. Anyway, while I'm Googling, <laughs> Drew, continue. <laughs> what's the next one, Drew? Uh, according to LinkedIn, diversity and inclusion yeah. manager is the second fastest growing job title over the past five years. Are you half full or half empty on a hiring boom in that area? Yeah, so Kristen Schwab did this story for us this week. Obviously, I'm half full, right? Because we, we fail miserably in this country on this very particular area. But what's interesting about the story that Kristen did was that the average tenure of chief diversity and inclusion officers at in corporate America is something like six months. I mean, it's crazily short because that person in that job has a really hard time translating down the chain of command what it is that they do and how it matters. It's really It's really wild. I am half empty because of something else Kristen mentioned in her story, which is the lack of credentials or mm-hmm. sort of in a way of sort of vetting who these folks are. Like I remember after George Floyd was murdered and all these companies were like scrambling to hire um, chief diversity officers or people to come in and do trainings and things like that. Mm -hmm. And some of the qualifications of these people um, who were putting themselves out there as diversity trainers or people to talk about equity and inclusion in the workplace, it was just like, no, you don't know what you're talking about or you're only speaking from your personal experience as opposed to sort of research and, and you know, like informed strategies to help businesses move uh, in better directions around diversity, equity, inclusion or whatever the acronym is that people are choosing to use this week. And also it often feels like hiring these people is a very public thing that companies do to say that they're working on a problem without actually working on a problem. And then mm-hmm. these poor, you know, new chief diversity officers or whatever get this impossible task with very little support within the organizations or basically you ask somebody come in and fix racism at your company and it's one person who probably doesn't have the infrastructure around them to do well at their jobs. So, I mean, yeah, I'm going to have to go half empty. I wish I could say otherwise, but no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. Drew, what's next? All right. Last one. Oh, this is the poll, but I don't know if we've got our audience back yet. I've seen all sorts of chat. It kind of looks like they are. Somebody hit me up in the Slack and see if we actually are back so that we can do the poll. 
We're back. All right. Marissa says we're back in the in the Slack, so we should do yes, it. Yes, we are. Everybody okay. says he, they're here right. and they're ready for the poll. Let's do okay. it. All right, Drew. Okay. According to a new survey, more than four in ten Americans wouldn't wish their job on their worst enemy. Are you half full or half empty? <laughs> so, so, so this was the story ahead. Mitchell Hartman did for us about uh, I don't even know what it was, but it was a it was a it was a survey from some marketplace underwriter I don't know uh, about work, like worker satisfaction UKG, UKG. thank you yes uh, and and one of the upshots was people would not recommend their own job four out of ten to their worst enemy, which to me is just stunning. That's kind of amazing. Why do you still work there if you wouldn't recommend your job to your worst enemy? 40% of you. I don't know. The benefits, the paycheck, the stability. I guess. Too tired to seek another job. There's a great number of reasons why people stay in jobs they don't like or family situation. You've built your whole schedule around it. Um, But, uh, you know, I get it, especially in this period that we've been through where – given the great resignation and a lot of these jobs staying open and the jobs becoming a lot harder for the people who remain, which is something that came up in that New York Times video about teachers, it's that those who stay end up with so much more work that their job becomes just completely untenable. And so, you know, I... Wishing your job on your worst enemy. I like my job, but I'm incredibly fortunate. And I've um, been able to do work that I love since I was 16 years old. You know, I've, I've been a journalist hmm. since I was 16. And, and I really love it. And I feel incredibly fortunate that I get to do this job. So I am half full on wishing my job on my worst enemy mm-hmm. because I wish for everybody yeah. to have uh, work that they find fulfilling and, and to be so fortunate. Um, but anyway, what does everybody else think? Let's look at some poll results. So here's the poll. 146 votes. It's 32% uh, half empty on wishing their job on, you know, this is tricky because I'm not sure what this means. Mm. 32% mm. are half full on four out of 10 people not wishing their job on their worst enemy. 67% are half empty. I would love some interpolation of that. What do we think that means? I don't know. Um, maybe like empty. it's not a good trend in the workforce or something like that. Maybe, that maybe that's it's true. Half empty. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay. That's fair. Allison says in the YouTube chat, should I wish my worst enemy works for Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd wish that on anybody. On oh, and nobody. by the way, to everyone... In the chat, concerned with how quick I was ready with all of those reasons why someone might stay in a job that they hate, I it, I wasn't talking about myself. I'm okay. <laughs> I saw a lot of concern. <laughs> a lot of people oh, yeah. were concerned in there. I'm okay. Yeah. Don't worry. Thank you yeah. for your concern. I appreciate it. <laughs> huh. yes. Woo, boy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so, Drew, would you wish your job full, on their worst enemy? Half empty. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Drew, what about you? Oh, I'm also very lucky to be able to do this job. So I don't know if my worst enemy likes likes sound engineering, but if they did, (laughs) then sure. It's a skill set, pal. It's a skill set. All right. That is it for us today. Uh, We are back next week on Monday. I think we're only going Monday, Tuesday next week. We're definitely not going all week. 
Um, yeah. But we'll let you know on Monday how long we're going to be around. If you've got questions you want us to answer for our What Do You Want to Know Wednesday show, which will not be next week, about business, the economy, or tech, or if you want to send us comments or critiques or questions or whatever, let us know, please. Yes. And before I forget, yes, I saw everyone pointing out that yesterday when I said that Pelosi was speaker under three presidents, that it's actually four. I did know that. I misspoke. I know that she was making a dig at Trump. But thank you to everyone who corrected me. I appreciate that. Um, And if you also would like to correct me via email or the phone, 508-UB-SMART is the phone number. You can leave us a voicemail or you can email makemesmart at marketplace.org. And as many of you know, you can at mention me on multiple social media platforms. (laughs) Whichever Whichever one we happen to wind up on. Who knows? I know, right? Make Me Smart is produced by Marissa Cabrera and Courtney Berg. Secret Today's episode was engineered by Drew Jostad. He also wrote the theme music to Half Full, Half Empty. Yes, the team behind our Friday game is Mel Rosenberg and Emily McCune. Bridget Bodner is our senior producer, but currently working on Million Bazillion. And the director of On Demand is Donna Tam. But as we've said, she's got a better job now. Oh, I don't know if it's better. Like it's higher ranking. I was going to say. It, it, yeah, <laughs> that's a very good question. Is it better? <laughs> It's bigger, but is it better?